0: Window World, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at windowskansascity.com. Well, this Tuesday is a great day for me as I am back home in my studio podcasting, doing what I love after a few days away that were in the beginning kind of wild and in the end very relaxing, other than the travel home, which is, uh, we'll get into some of that, is, is just increasingly crazy. In this country and apparently in this world, just trying to do things like air travel, which has changed dramatically over the last several years for sure. But uh, we had a wonderful trip and I want to say thank you so much to our guests. As you know, I dropped some podcasts last week with Stan Weber, who wrapped up the entire football season. Pete Mundo, who's just incredible over at KCMO Radio, such an interesting guy to talk to and so many subjects you can uh, talk about with Pete. And Doug Billings, who you had not heard of from before, and I scrolled through the headlines. The I, I've not returned any emails. I really haven't done anything for several days now. We just kind of checked out, and I put the auto-reply on the email, and, and we'll get into a little bit more of that in a moment. I'll tell you a little bit about what we did while we were gone. But I saw a bunch of people that have sent emails about Doug Billings. I haven't read them. I'm assuming you all really, really enjoyed that. If you've not heard that podcast, in order, it's the one... Uh, just before this one. So if you go back one and hear Doug Billings, he's the host of the Right Side podcast, and he's just tremendous, a a wonderful person who I just met recently in the last few months in his podcasting here in Kansas City. And we hope you enjoy those, and I thank them very much for being a part of the podcast while we were gone. It was pretty funny because at one point, you know, Jessica was on her phone more than me. Now, my my responsibility on my phone was one fold, seriously. I, I had one job, and that was... When we were away from any music at the pool or whatever, and there were times where they stopped playing music at the pool or on the beach, wherever we went, it was take my boom box that we use when we play golf and make sure that I'm playing music that everyone in our group liked. We went with our friends, the Caldwells, and we know exactly the artists that they each like and play five, six, seven, eight songs in a row for one of their favorite artists, keep it moving, move it around. That's the only job on my phone really, for the entire five nights that we were there. So Jessica did more than that on her phone. She would check Facebook from now and then. We met some people on the trip that she added as Facebook friends because it's just kind of what Facebook folks do. I'm not a Facebook person. She runs our KKHI Facebook page. I don't even go there. So she will alert me many times and say, hey, this person has this question. I'll say, tell them, send me an email. They send me the email, then I'll Uh, you know, respond and, and do whatever. But I really am not big into the Facebook thing. And I largely stayed off Twitter, although there was a picture that appeared on Twitter that I took of Jessica one afternoon. We were walking the beach and there was a man with a monkey. And Jessica loves the show Friends. And once upon a time, they had a monkey on that show. And I think her brother watched it and her brothers always wanted a monkey. I don't know what kind of monkey this was. It was a very small monkey. And this man had a monkey. And he walks the beach and you basically pay him money to play with the monkey and take pictures. The monkey's completely harmless. And it was, of course, you don't really know that. He just walks up and puts the monkey on her shoulder. She's like, oh, what a cute monkey. And the second she says that, it's on her shoulder and on her head. And I took her picture and she just loved the monkey. And then he's like, that'll be $20. And I was like, I'm I'm backing away at this point because I'm the one that carries cash. And I'm always like, Jessica, you need to carry a little cash. I think she said she had $13 in her little bag that she carried on the beach. And she gave him the third. Of course, that was plenty. He walked on and was fine to take the $13. But other than that, I didn't do much on Twitter. We didn't follow a lot of news. We didn't follow a lot of sports, which was kind of fun. But Jessica alerted me one day. She said she was on Facebook. And she goes, there's a guy on Facebook that is asking, did you get banned? And I said, Jessica, what are you talking about? We're not really talking about work much on this trip. And she goes, well, he's, he's acting like something. Ha- I'm, I'm and now. I'm getting scared. Like I'm out of the country. And I'm thinking, well, what happened to me? You know, or the podcast, or us back at home while we're gone. And to be honest, she reads things more seriously than I do. Most things that I get, it's not that I don't. I'm, I'm phrasing that wrong. Things that may look alarming. Or things that people would say to us or about us or hey, this is gonna happen. I, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp, and she does too, of what's going on in our life. Like <laughs> who might be out to ban us or not ban us. And at this point, it doesn't really matter because I've got the First Amendment behind what I'm doing, and I think we're we're free to do what we wanna do. We may have companies, you know, somebody may show up one day and if Spotify showed up one day and said, Oh. We're not going to have Kevin Keatsman has issues on Spotify anymore. That would be an important thing to us. We'd want to address that. But that's not what this Facebook post was about. It was like, your podcast is gone. What's happened? You haven't put one up for three days. I'm like, well, we put three of them up the night before we left. So we had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday covered. And basically, the weekend edition was a football season thing. So the Spencer weekend edition is on hiatus for now. And Monday was President's Day. So I don't even know if that's a real holiday or not, but we took it. There was no podcast on Monday, and so that's what you get. I suggest, I'm I'm not, I'm not reading that, whatever he wrote. You, you can respond if you'd like, but to my knowledge, we haven't been banned by anybody, and when I hit the send button on Tuesday on the podcast, I think we're going to be just fine, but it's funny because when you stop doing the daily podcast, we set out two years ago not to train people, I guess maybe to condition people that, hey, there's a podcast for you here every day. Now, others in the industry will argue don't do that, it will keep some of your listeners from listening to all of them. And I said, Well, I don't really care. I like people to know that there's something there every day. And we've really taken care of that. I mean, occasionally I'd miss a Monday or a Friday or something, and Spencer's done a podcast. There's just generally speaking for a little over two years now, there's been a podcast every single weekday. And so this was the exception. I just put them, I didn't want to load them in the computer and mess with them down in the Dominican Republic, which is where we were and try to put them up every morning and write the intros and do all that because goodness knows if that would work and I just didn't I'm on vacation I wanted to check out so really it was the first time in a couple of years where we checked out we did nothing with the podcast we got off our devices we did not take a computer a laptop a tablet anything like that and it was just wonderful we checked out so I got a lot I've got a lot of emails to go through this week it's going to take a while if you sent one and a lot of phone calls to return and things of that nature we went to Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, it was our third time there, and it has changed dramatically. We go there because the people are incredibly friendly compared to a lot of the places you can go where it's sunny and warm in the winter that are not the United States. It's, I, I think it's safer. It's sa- certainly safer than Mexico. We've seen a lot of things happening in Mexico. It's certainly safer there. The people in, in the Dominican Republic, they all wear Major League Baseball caps. They love Major League Baseball. And one of our favorite little things is asking the staff, who's your favorite? The guys, especially, not necessarily the ladies, but the men that we run into that work at the resorts or whatever where we stay. This is the third different place we'd stayed. Who's your favorite player? And if they hesitate at all, we always go, Big Poppy. And they go, oh, Big Poppy. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, they love it. But they love Major League Baseball. They have tremendous beaches. The weather is spectacular. It's a long ways from here. We stayed at a mega resort that actually had seven hotels in one resort. Three of them were beachfront. One Ours was. And we were in one of the quieter of the seven. Ours was adults only. And the the pool and the beach were just spectacular. The food was great. We ate at a Japanese steakhouse. And they had a white tablecloth Italian restaurant. We ate ribeye steaks on the beach one night at the steakhouse there. Uh, my buddy Rob was allowed by our teppanyaki chef to come up and, and cook. the. He actually cooked the shrimp I think our chef maybe was toward, it was later in the night. I think maybe he had a couple of drinks, something going on. Like he was like, okay, come on up and do this. He had me play the spatulas like they were drums. And then he had Rob come up and cook the shrimp. And I, you know, we've all seen him toss stuff. I've never seen him pull people up and say, Hey, help me cook here. We had a good time. We did, we did the beach thing. We didn't re, we left the resort. Uh, one time and we went to a casino nearby and, and stayed for a little while. I, I, don't, I, I usually play with my mom and her goal is to take $100 and play $10 blackjack and make it last eight hours if she can. That's her thing. Mine is if I'm going to play, I'm going to try to win money and quit. And so I did that. So I put a little more money than that down being on vacation. And I, I only played probably for 15 minutes and I made a pretty good little chunk of change in 15 minutes and I walked away. This is the kind of stuff you do on vacation, which is great. I walked away to the bar, which wasn't very far away, 30, 40 yards from where uh, Jessica and our friends were playing. And they stayed. They were all up. I'm like, hey, we have all won. What are we doing here? Let's, let's go get a beer or something. We, we've all won. I mean, it, the first 15 minutes of that table, we were so hot. The dealer must have broken six times. And so it was just free money. I'm like, well, I'm not doing any better than this. I can stay here all night. I can lose all this. Then I can reach for more and lose some more. That would be tragic. I've won. I'm out of here. So I go up to the bar, and I order a beer, and I'm sitting next to two gentlemen, and then I learn they're from the Netherlands. It's an uncle and a nephew, and we begin talking, and the time starts flying by, and I don't even remember or realize that my wife and friends are all playing blackjack, and it was just a, it was one of those really just tremendous vacations, but we had this moment that was really cool. In the main lobby area, and these places are so awesome because they're all kind of like the lobby of the hotel and stuff is massive, and it's outdoors. It's just covered by a roof. There's no air conditioning. There's fans inside. It's just so great. And there's a man that works the floor up at the lobby, and he says he's your concierge, but he's everybody's concierge, and he doesn't sit at a little desk. He walks around and remembers your name. It's like, it's like the old episodes of Fantasy Island, right? And so this guy greets you when you first get there. And when you first get there, you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, Antonio here is just wanting in my wallet. That's all he's doing. He's just, oh, I got anything you want. You tell me what you want. You tell me what you want. And then you get to know him. And every time you go up there, maybe to have breakfast or something, or you're up, he just, he's just incredible. So by the second night, we're sitting up there having having a cocktail before we go into dinner. And he walks by where we're sitting, he goes, oh, how's everybody doing? And he's just so happy all the time. Like, I don't know when he wasn't there. My buddy Rob later learned that he lives, his family lives quite a ways away. And I think maybe he stays there three or four nights in a row and just works. He said he works 12 days and then he's off too or something of that nature. I, I, I'm not sure, but this man works. Clearly, and he's a highly paid, educated, multilingual. This dude is it, man. I mean, this guy's got it going on and he's not that old. I don't know, 35 years old, maybe, maybe 40. And so we're sitting there and he comes over and engages us. And I don't know that he'd really spoken to the ladies at that point. He's, oh, you all look so lovely. They're so pretty. And, you know, he's just laying it on thick. And we had just asked a couple other guys, who's your favorite baseball player? And we say to Antonio, who's your favorite baseball player? And without hesitation, I mean, no hesitation doesn't know where we're from says George Brett <laughs> I went, what he's like George Brett apparently his dad was a big George Brett fan and as a kid he saw some stuff later in life i mean he didn't he wouldn't have watched the early years of George Brett he would have seen maybe the end of his career as a little kid is what my guess is <laughs> and He says, George Brett, and he starts talking about the year George Brett hit 390, and he's rattling off these stats. He says, did you know he was hitting 406 in August? I'm like, yes. Antonio doesn't know what I did for a living. He doesn't know that I was in the press box the day that George Brett, you know, did that, and that I was eight feet away his last game at Coffin Stadium when he kissed home plate with my television crew and my camera guy, my photojournalist Scott DeJong. He doesn't know any of this, and we're just like, yeah, George Brett, George Brett. And one of the reasons that he remembered it was the player that he said finished second, which turned out to be not true. The man finished third. And now I've already forgotten his name and I didn't write it down today. Pellone, maybe P-I-L-O-N-E. The guy who finished, he thought second, but it was third to George Brett for the batting title was Dominican. And all the while, I guess his dad had rooted for the Dominican to win the title, but he was just so impressed by how George Brett, I think, you know, I think. Um, Oh, gosh. Who was the big slugger for the Milwaukee Brewers back in the day? Cecil Cooper. Was it Cecil Cooper? May- finished second to George Brett that year. Then it was the Dominican player. And then I think after that, it was like Rod Carew and Al McRae. I mean, it was just all right there. It was names just coming back because I looked it up after he walked away. It was like, that's how he became a George Brett fan. His dad became a George Brett fan because of what George Brett did that year. And the Dominican player was not right in it because these guys batted 330 and George Brett batted 390. This was not a close race. And he starts talking about George Brett and the pine tar game and all this stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I just, the spirit of people is tremendous. The, the confluence of, okay, this is really important to me. And I know that we do politics and news on this podcast a lot and I'm really into it. And I think it's really important for our country that we get some things right and get some things better. I think these are really important things. But I got to tell you, the confluence of sport and humanity is a powerful thing. And it doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter the player. It clearly doesn't matter the country. When you start talking to another human being about whatever sport you love, and you connect with that person. You connect with that person on a level that we could have never connected on, had we not taken five, six, seven minutes and talked baseball with Antonio and taken a picture or two with him. We could have never connected with that man that way. The next four days we were there at the resort. He kept saying it. We're family. We're family. I'm like, we are family. We 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 share. It. This is something that sport does. So Rob's wife Tina loves to wear Chiefs gear everywhere. Well most people weren't that impressed. And I mentioned to her, I said, you really want to impress people around here, where your Royals cap. And they will stop you and they will ask you about the Royals because that's just what the Dominican Republic is. They're baseball, absolutely baseball crazy. But these moments that you have and these experiences you have with people that live that far away and the Dominican Republic is not close to Kansas City, folks. They're nowhere close to here, all right? It's a pretty good haul to get there. But the connection you make with somebody is well i'd say it's half the fun but maybe it's more than that i mean it's it's absolutely the things you remember you know jessica and i will be telling stories about other trips we've taken and she'll say you know do you remember do you remember when we ordered the cab in cabo and it and it was late and we sat there in the lobby bar and we waited and we waited and we waited and we had a drink before we went down to have dinner and she was telling the story. She says, the thing with the guy was 45 minutes late because he hit a horse. <laughs> like, that's what you remember? I'm like, do you remember the times we walked on the beach? And, you know, no, you remember the crazy things that happen and the people that you meet in other countries. And it's just so much fun to travel. And we have not traveled all that much since COVID. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I I, I can't really say, you know. Uh, But it sure has changed. It has changed travel. It's changed the way things are and not for the better. We met some nice people from Omaha. We met some Packers fans from Wisconsin. We met sisters from London. It was really cool to meet people. And uh, this was an astute observation by Tina. She said, you know, you're way more likely to just walk up and start talking to somebody when you're on vacation than at home. And I said, well, that's true. And, And she's like, what's the deal? And I said, well, I want to ask them questions instead of them asking me questions. And she said, what? I said, well, generally speaking, if I walk up to somebody in Kansas City, they begin asking me questions about something in media or a team or, hey, what's going to happen with Eric Biennemi and, you know, whatever. And then I'm basically doing the radio show, which I don't mind doing with folks, but I don't seek that out. When I'm in another country or out of town or whatever, and you just go up to strangers, I love asking people questions about them, what they like, who they are, what they do. I find it fascinating to ask people questions. And so she was like, wow, you're just kind of a different person here. I said, well, I walk up to some sisters from England and ask them how they got here and how long their flight was and what they do and what their life experience is like and how I'd like to go to England and Ireland and Scotland someday and play golf. And we begin talking and it doesn't really matter what I do or have done or whether you know, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, or not? I mean, I don't get asked those questions by people like this. I just love it. I just absolutely love it. So we had a, a wonderful, wonderful time. This episode, and thank you so much for indulging me in putting up the podcasts at one time, the interview podcast, and then getting my butt back here and doing this because I love doing this, man. I'm glad to be with you again. We're brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC, home of the Lifetime Warty where 0% financing is available on all Buick SUVs. You can also get it on most GMCs right now. Order your own and get a $1,000 accessory cash from Chevy Trucks at robertsrobinson.com. Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, in Excelsior Springs. Call my buddy Tim on the showroom floor, 816-826-1563. All things GM, you're going to save money and do business with great people at Roberts Robinson. Tickets for Less. Online at ticketsforless.com. Springsteen was over the weekend, right? Did many of you go to Springsteen? Did you get your tickets from ticketsforless.com? If you did, you could have saved up to 15% at ticketsforless.com. Also, one of the great parts of listening to this podcast, or as Tickets for Less is now a national company, they've got 90 employees here in Kansas City. They started with four. This company has grown. It's a really, really good company. The best part about living here is they have a local number dedicated to local people in Kansas City. So it's sort of like having a local office at their national headquarters or whatever, which is, it's almost like a concierge. 913-685-3322. If you'd rather speak to somebody about going to an event, whether you want to see Luke Combs, Taylor Swift, Monster Jam, Billy Joel, Beyonce, they're all coming. You want to go to a concert? Perfect. You want to go to opening day for the Kansas City Royals? ticketsforless.com, 685-3322. You want to go to the Big 12 tournament? They've got great seats available, no fees added ever. If you want to see Grady Dick play at Allen Fieldhouse, you better get on it because he's only got, what, a couple of games left? They got one game left at home? No, they've got, oh, they got West Virginia and Texas Tech left at home. Then at Texas. We'll get to KU in a moment. But there's two games left. He may be going pro, folks. You want to see Grady Dick play in person at Allen Fieldhouse? You better get a ticket. Ticketsforless.com or 913-685-3322. Promo code KKHI. Always gets you a discount at checkout. Typically between 5 and 15% of your order. And my friend Doug Horn, one of the greatest patriots I know, an American historian. Doug Horn is a uniquely qualified person to help you and your family or friends anytime you're involved in an accident. This can be the most traumatic time in your life. And people sometimes make bad decisions after the fact because they're so worried or distracted with the important part, which is your health, your injuries after you're injured. Doug takes the big picture look at it, especially if you've had a concussion in a car accident or especially if you didn't get tested for a concussion to go find out and know what the possible long-term effects could be It matters in your settlement, for your treatment going forward, and any settlement that there may be. Doug has 32 years of experience in this field. He works in Kansas and Missouri, and he would love to give you a free consultation if you've been involved in an accident, at least give you direction on what to do. You may not need an attorney. It may be a simple case with your insurance company or a disagreement between you and the other driver as to who's at fault. Doug can help you with that, and sometimes you don't even need his services, and he just does that. If you call him, you will speak with him. 816-795-7500, hornlaw.com. Cool guy. All right, the takeaway, the real takeaway from going on this vacation was, and I, 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 I contemplated this for days, because I still think about the podcast when I'm gone. I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about when I get home? What am I going to do on the first podcast back? Because I'm, I've missed a lot in the news cycle. I've caught up on a lot of it. Again, we checked out. I didn't watch the college basketball game Saturday. I saw KU's game on the plane flying home on Monday night. So I'm, I'm well-versed on speaking about that particular game. But some of the things that Eric Enemy was gone, I didn't read all the reaction. We didn't watch the parade, uh, the Chiefs parade. So I'm not really going to comment on those things. I like to comment on things that I see and know about in depth and whatever. But we missed those. So you always think about, okay, first broadcast back when you're catching up, what do you talk about? And I'm just going to tell you right now, this is my observation. This may or may not be true. I don't have any stats to back this up, but when you travel, I've always said this, people watching the airport is one of the most interesting things that you will do in your life. I've always loved people watching the airport. Now it disgusts me. It's no fun. It used to be fun to people watch. And you try to guess, oh, what's that couple all about? Uh Uh-uh. Everybody is the same. Everybody at the airport is miserable. Everybody traveling is miserable. People stink. They're dirty. They're amazingly overweight and unhealthy. They don't even attempt to put themselves together to go to the airport, or get on an airplane. And I don't want to come off as some sort of snobby elitist because I'm not. I came home last night in tennis shoes, a pair of golf shorts, and a a golf shirt. All right? I showered before I got on the plane. I'm not dressing up. I'm not. So I'm no, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm very casual. But at least I'm clean. At least I fit in my seat. And I can get to it without banging everyone in the aisle, I know how to open the overhead bin and put a bag in it. I mean, this is insane what's going on. People don't try anymore. It w- There used to be a segment of people that you would watch and go, well, they're not trying. My takeaway, and I, I've been wanting to say this for a long time. We've flown probably four times since COVID. Uh, Jessica wouldn't know for sure, maybe five and i've noticed it each time and it's gotten worse and it's getting worse everybody's trying to game the system everybody wants help everybody wants something free and nobody wants to try and again as i'm generalizing here and and saying everyone i'm talking i'm not kidding you man i'm talking about 75 or 80% of the people in the airport and on the airplane They've just checked out and don't give a rip about anything. They certainly don't care about you. Our flight from Dallas to Kansas City last night, somebody, cover your ears, you got kids in the car or whatever. Somebody was just sitting on the plane dropping ass all night. I don't know how else to say it. It was disgusting. I didn't see anybody go up, try to go to the bathroom. It means they made no effort to try to get some gas X. their stomach is sick, whatever. You're just going to get on the airplane and drop ass the whole time. And it was so vile and so disgusting. I eliminated the fact Jessica's like, must be the guy right in front. I'm like, nope, that's so bad. This airplane is full of this now. This could be somebody eight rows away. I don't know how far, but it's disgusting. As we get to the airport in Punta Cana on our way home, they have this ridiculously long line that the tourism in Punta Cana is growing so fast that the airport can't keep up with it. Keep up with it. First time we went there, it was literally one of those airports where there are four or five airplanes. It was a Tiki Hut airport. There would be one American jet, one United, one Southwest, one Qatar or one British Airways, something like that. That would be That's what you'd see at the whole airport. And there were maybe 10 gates. Well, this thing is massive now. They just keep building and building and building and they're building another wing. And so we're on American Airlines and American has like nine flights going out yesterday afternoon. They're flying to Philadelphia, Miami, Charlotte, Dallas, Chicago, um, Salt Lake City, Phoenix. I mean, it's LA, New York. They got flights going everywhere. And these are big, big planes. And the gates aren't built for the big planes. But anyway, all these people are packed in one security area. They have multiple terminals now. And we're in the one with Southwest, which was not crowded, and American, which just had thousands of passengers. And so we're all crowded going through, uh, checkpoint, show your passport, whatever. Hundreds of people in line. There's three lines. And we saw over the course of 30 minutes in line, let's say, uh, we saw 20 people in wheelchairs. I saw one dude that was 28 years old, didn't have a leg brace on or anything like that. Didn't have anything like that on. Didn't have a boot on his ankle, nothing we could see. They go pushing him through. And this is a person at the airport goes pushing him through. And he's got seven family members trailing him. They all push through, push through, push through, go right up to the front. And then what happens when he has to go through the security and the metal thing? Normally, they would, you know, if you're completely, if you can't walk at all, they've got something else for that, I assume. What does he do when he gets to security? Security. Well, he stands up and the guy helps him a little bit and he acts like he can't get through and he walks right through to the other side where he gets in the wheelchair on his own and the whole bunch of them keeps going. It was a complete scam. I'm telling you, it was a total scam. And we saw this everywhere. People are just out to beat the system. We're gonna gain the system. We're gonna, there's seven of us. We're not standing in this line for 30 minutes. Somebody grab a wheelchair. Let's get an attendant and let's go. And they do it. And you're the Dominican Republic and they don't wanna see your doctor's note for crying out loud. They don't wanna see any of that stuff. It it was insane. Then there's the category of people. I I know this sounds bad, folks, but I got to unload on this. There's a category of people that shouldn't be traveling until they get better. There is a woman that pushes her way through, and she eventually winds up on her flight. She must have weighed 300 pounds. She did not fit in the wheelchair that they had for her. She's got one of those breathing machine things over her shoulder, and she was old. And I wanted to feel bad for her. But she's not even trying in life. She's an American. She's heading home. It is unlikely that she traveled to the Dominican Republic to seek medical help. That's, un- that's an unlikely destination to go try to save your life. So I'm already skeptical. Now, she had trouble walking because they get to the gate where we are, and our plane was so big, the gate thing doesn't fix, doesn't fit. They take us downstairs outside onto buses, drive us around the terminal and put us on this big jumbo jet that we're flying to Dallas. And where does she go? She goes to the front of the line. So now we've got, as the bus empties, I don't know how many people fit on a bus, 50 people on the bus. We all get out, we're all waiting to walk up these stairs to the airplane. And here's this huge lady with this breathing thing. And she steps up and out of her wheelchair and starts walking up the steps and it's painful. She's not good at it. She's not healthy in any way. She's carrying at least 150 pounds too many and having trouble breathing. Her son is assisting her trying to help lift her up, and so is the guy that had the wheelchair. It takes forever to get her up and on the airplane. And again, I don't mean to be an ass here. That woman shouldn't be traveling the Dominican Republic, okay? Get your life in order, Lose 150 pounds. See if you're healthier and able to travel. And I'm not talking about the inconvenience for us. I'm talking about the attitude of F the world. I don't care. I'm going to go do this. And I don't care how many people this inconveniences, and whether or not this flight even takes off on time. It's my life. And I'm going to do what I want to do and screw you. And there comes a point where, yes, we all have our individual freedoms and a point where you have to be somewhat responsible for others around you. I can promise you these people were mask freaks. These people are take 26 shots freaks. These people were, they were those people. So they did all that, I assume, all the mask wearing, all the jabs. Why did people want to do it? you remember? Oh, we got to do this, not just for us, to, because to be considerate of others around us. Well, hell that's gone. Is it gone because we were lied to about being considerate around us? It is gone. The people that I saw that are just pathetically unhealthy on their own accord just shouldn't be traveling, despicable. I, I just, I can't believe it. The state of health in this world has to be at an all-time low in our lifetime. It, it just has to be. The number one growth industry right now is wheelchair pusher. You want to get a job anywhere? Just go to an airport, go, so, go to a hotel, go anywhere and say, I'll push the wheelchair. Because people just say, bring it. I watch people walk from their cars at Walmart in Kansas City, not even with a handicap tag. I, w- I w- I've watched people walk from their stall, regular parking spot at Walmart, get to the front and hop in a motorized scooter. It is ridiculous what we have created. Folks, I didn't want to come back and rant on vacation. I didn't. And I got not much to add yet on Biden and his trip to Ukraine and you know all this other stuff going on. We'll get to that this week what the hell are we doing? This is, this is the left. If you just continue to give people opportunities to game the system, they will. Is it necessary to have a scooter or two at Walmart? Yes. Is it necessary to have 12 of them? No. And once people who don't want to walk and don't want to be healthy and don't want to whatever, start walking from their car into Walmart and getting in a rascal, and driving around to get their ice cream, we're we've lost our freaking minds. I said to Rob and Tina, we're standing in line last night. I said, you know what fixes all this? You know what fixes every problem with travel, every single problem we have with traveling that we all experience. We can fix all of it one simple way. Because they treat us like cargo, we should pay like cargo. Pay by the pound. That's just as simple as it gets. Pay by the pound. Oh, no, the left's not going to allow that. I can't think of anything more fair. Honestly, how much healthier would Americans be if you paid by the pound to fly? Do you know how many millions of people would immediately get healthier and lose weight? That, oh. Oh. I can save 50 bucks on every flight. If I lose 50 pounds, I don't know what the what you would charge, whatever it would be. It would be more than that. You know, a 200-pound person, you know, on a, a $700, what's a $700 flight now, that's $3.50 a pound, right? You go down from 200 to 175, you've saved yourself significant money on every flight. I know that's not reasonable. I know that'll never happen. I'm not offering up it as anything serious. I'm simply offering it up as, we got we to gotta re-incentivize people to do the right thing, to live the right way. This isn't about, see, we, what COVID trained everybody was, none of this is your fault. We've got a shot for you. That'll fix it. Take the shot. And you, you not only, if you take this medicine right here from this big pharma company that's unproven, it's experimental. If you take this, you're doing the right thing for you. But more importantly, you're doing the right thing for humanity. This is how Barack Obama got elected. He didn't get elected on anything he was going to do for America. They convinced people this is the right thing to do for this country. We need to elect a black president and cleanse all of our sins. And you'll feel so good about yourself if you vote for Barack Obama. This is what they do constantly on the left. Take this and you're a better person. Well, are you a better person if you take the jab and you feel good about yourself, but you're taking a a rascal through Walmart to buy ice cream? Are you really a better person? The American left is wrecking it. They're wrecking it. They're wrecking it for everyone. Again, travel's a minor thing. I hope that as I'm talking about this, you're thinking about the big picture, things that are bigger and more important than just flying on an airplane. But I think you, I'm going to get a ton of emails. I know I am that you're going to say you've noticed this too. We got a, we've got a complete society of freaking quitters is what we've got. People who've just given up and are hopeless and helpless and want to gain the system. You got a chair for me? Great. Take me to the front of the line. Look at the, look at the fruits of my labor. I don't take care of myself, and I'm holding this little thing on my shoulder with a tube in my nose that I'm breathing, and look what I get to do. I get to be first in line and first on the airplane, and I don't have to wait at all. I said to Jessica, if this was a Seinfeld episode, the real observation here is Why would you push the people in the wheelchair to the front of the security line? They have it best. They're not standing. Wheelchairs should get in line with everyone else. Shouldn't they? (laughs) Honest to God, I'm just thinking, just observations. If it takes a long time to take the wheelchair person on a plane, and again, I don't look at wheelchair people the way I used to. I used to look at people that needed assistance as, oh, my gosh, they were in a terrible car wreck and they can't walk. Well, that's not in anymore. I'm fat. I'm old. I don't care. Push me. That's where we are. But I'm still going to go to the beach. <laughs> that's where we are. Should they really go on first? Because when they put them on first, they hold everybody else up. How about we let all the able-bodied people get in and get situated and get all the bag space, and then we bring the, the scammers on. Oh, I'm back with a vengeance. (laughs) You didn't think I was coming back with a soft landing today, did you? No, 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 no. If you want to be healthy, my strong recommendation to you is to go to Advanced Medical Imaging in Lawrence and get the heart scan. Look, a lot of people have knee injuries. Um, A doctor says, hey, look, you've got something that's shown up. We need to get an MRI or a CT scan. When you've got that, Advanced Medical Imaging does all that. They take your insurance for that. There is a simple little test you can do for yourself that you pay out of pocket that's under $100, and it's an advanced medical imaging. You do it today or tomorrow. They scan your whole torso. It takes less than five minutes. You don't take your clothes off. It's non-invasive. They have brand new equipment. They have great lighting. It's a wonderful experience, and they get you your heart scan and tell you your plaque score, and the doctor, when your doctor looks at the scan, they can also see your other organs. That's a heck of a deal right there. Medimageks.com or 785-856-0224. 360 Document Solutions. Mark Lindquist is the man over at 360. He loves to travel. And I think he's pretty good at kicking back and relaxing when he travels. Well, I'm, I can't wait to hear from Mark. and see what he thinks about what I, have, what I have noticed and discussed on today's podcast. My rant today. Uh, but Mark's a really smart and observant guy, and he can help take a look at your company and say, look, there might be a way for us to save you money and make you better at what you're doing, whether it's copiers or printers or IT solutions, mailing systems, phone systems. What you use to be productive around your office could be more productive if 360 Document Solutions is allowed to come in and take a look around. And they do all this free. So if you want a complimentary analysis, call Mark at 913-745-5344. Log on to 360documentsolutions.com. NKC Dental online at nkcdental.com. It is time for my checkup. I'll be going to see Dr. Bush this week at his North Kansas City office, which has been expanded and completely redone. A remarkable practice he has at NKC Dental. If you'd like to schedule an appointment with Dr. Bush or one of his great dentists at NKC Dental, the dentist of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs players, call 816. 816- 471-2911. That's 471 online at nkcdental.com. Okay, let's get on to sports here. And the Kansas Jayhawks, I did watch on the plane Monday night flying home. And I'll just say this about their, what I've read about their performance on Saturday in the highlight package that I watched. Pretty remarkable. They've, they have the ability, and they did this in the national title game last year, They've done this before. I don't want to say it's the best sign for a KU team because you never want to have a team that falls behind like they fell behind to Baylor. But wouldn't you say one of the hallmarks of Bill Self's best teams, his final four teams, his championship teams, what were they down to Memphis? Were they down 11 with two minutes to go or nine with two minutes to go? This is a little bit like the Chiefs. You know, The Chiefs have won two Super Bowls. They're down double digits in both games. So this is the hallmark of a great team is eventually you're going to play somebody really good that has your number for a while. They're kicking your butt. Then you make adjustments and you come back and you win. That's what Kansas did on Saturday. What I know about Kansas without having watched that game is the only way for them to come back and then win by the margin they did after being down was to play great defense. Because the absolute hallmark Of Bill Self. Most people like to talk about his inbounds plays, scoring out of timeouts, the alley oops, the way they pass quicker than other teams, ball doesn't stick. We know all these things about Bill Self basketball. The absolute trademark of Bill Self basketball is uh, you're not scoring tonight. (laughs) We're going to defend you. And we watched guys like Grady Dick play earlier this year and go, well, he's 19, he's a freshman, he's not very good defensively. Well, he is so much better defensively now than he was at the start of the year. Grady Dick had 19 points on Monday night. This team has become less reliant on Jalen Wilson. Grady Dick is is hitting an astonishing 43% from three this year. And he's only getting better. Terrific story out this week that as he was growing up, playing against his older brothers, practicing outside, he stayed out late when they were done. It would get dark outside on their hoop in their backyard, and he would practice in the dark and listen for the sound. He could sort of see it, sort of see where the rim was. But he developed a way to shoot through muscle memory from the three point line instead of just eyeing the front of the rim. And he loved practicing in the dark. And he honestly believes that he is the three point shooter he is today because he practiced so much in dark conditions where you really couldn't see the rim very well. It would be a very faint look at it. Uh, I'm buying it. I'll buy that. I'll buy all that he's selling. You might want to try that with your kids. 43% 43% from three of this guy shooting this year, 19 points. I said it at the start of the year. Kansas will be unbeatable if you can't stop Grady Dick. That's the bottom line. Jalen Wilson's terrific. Big 12 player of the year. You're not guaranteed to win on a big night from Jalen Wilson. I need to look this up. I'd like to see KU's record where, where Grady Dick scores 15 or more. I'd like to see that. There is no stopping KU when he scores. Your first priority in the NCAA tournament, any other team that's out there, is to stop Grady Dick. Wilson's had some nights where he scored 25 and KU's lost. And he just played great. I, KU's going to win the league. They've got West Virginia and Texas Tech at home. They win both those. They win both those easily. Then they're at Texas, which is a game behind. Texas is probably going to lose another game before they play Kansas. But even if they don't, the only thing Texas could do is tie KU, right? The only thing they do is tie KU with that win. So the game at Texas, look, to me, Kansas is 11 and four right now. The worst they're going to do is 13 and five. And the worst that's going to do is at least tie them for first in the Big 12. So, yes, they had their, it's the same as every Bill self-season. They had their three-game losing streak. We had questions in the beginning. He molded them into a tough defensive team. They go out at TCU, suck the life out of the building. They, the announcers kept saying, oh, the crowd's really into it. I'm like, the crowd's not really into it. The crowd was into it when they showed the quarterback of the football team. The Crowd was not that into it. And they were nowhere to be found when they needed the most. When TCU needed a stop, the crowd wasn't going wild. And they just kept TCU at bay. And they won the game. And it was just a very, I always use this to describe Kansas basketball, a very professional performance by the Jayhawks. And does Bill Self have better players than most teams in the Big 12? Yes. Is the gap what it is? No. What it was? No. And there may be more talented teams. You TCU's a very talented team, but they don't use it very well. They don't shoot the three ball very good. They did earlier this year in Lawrence, but they don't shoot the three very well. Texas is maybe the most talented team. Baylor's got some talent, clearly. There's talented teams. But Bill Self, it used to be they had a, a massive gap. There was KU talent, then there was the rest of the league. He doesn't really have that this year. And nobody's talking about him for coach of the year in the Big 12 or nationally. But they're, here they are. They're going to be a number one seed. They're going to win the Big 12. They're going to be a one seed. And they are going to be the Vegas favorite to win the NCAA tournament. Here they are again. Uh, amazing. Missouri lost to a 69-60 on Saturday. A&M's just really good in conference play. It's been great. So the good news about Missouri is they got four games left. And everybody they play has a losing record in the SEC. They got Mississippi State on Tuesday night. Missouri was, when they played at Mississippi State, was kind of lifeless in that game. I think they win this game. All right, they got Georgia at Georgia at LSU. Those teams are beatable. Then they have Old Miss. Missouri has four games left against teams below them in the standings. Let's let's be slightly pessimistic and say Missouri goes three and one in those games. What's that make them? Like 10-8 and or something in the league. or Yeah, 11-7 is possible. This is a good shot for Missouri here at the end. They're playing these teams with losing records. K-State got a big win over Iowa State on Saturday. Right now, K-State is fourth in the Big 12. They can tie Baylor in the Big 12 for third place with a win Tuesday night. The game is at Bramlage. K-State beat Baylor in Waco. K-State was good then. They're bad now. K-State turns the ball over like crazy. Guess what they didn't do Saturday? Well, they fell behind and they weren't great but they won the game because they only turned it over 11 times coming from behind, beating Iowa State. So if Kansas State can beat Baylor, then K-State would go to eight and six. K-State is eight and six. They'd they'd be tied with Baylor by winning the game. Right now, there's four teams in the Big 12 with seven or eight wins. That's fourth to seventh place. It's all jammed up. Baylor has one more. But this would tie them up, and K-State would have the tiebreaker. So K-State could finish as the three-seed in the Big 12 if they win this game. K-State is not a threat to win this league. That's over. They have really struggled taking care of the ball, and they've struggled at times defensively. This league is so hard, and the coaches are so good. I think Jerome Tang, the job, he's, he's probably going to win coach of the year in the Big 12. I have no problem with him winning it. I have no problem with him getting a lot of votes nationally. But I think he's going to tell you at some point he's going to sit down at the end of this year and say, what an unbelievable learning experience. We went out and beat people. We won a bunch of close games. I went out and got some better players, some older players, and we had success. But wow, did that league figure us out fast. Did these coaches figure K-State out fast? And they did. And they said, just go grab the ball from them. They can't handle the ball. And that started happening, and K-State's record started plummeting. But man, what an unbelievable season they're having. I don't think they beat Baylor, but if they do, wonderful. K-State has Stillwater. Then they have Oklahoma and Manhattan, and then they have Morgantown. I think they might lose three out of four here and finish 500 in the league. That'd be my guess. I still don't think they're playing that well. But caveat, I didn't watch the game. I just know they were down at the half and couldn't score. And But it is impressive they only had 11 turnovers. That's a good number for Kansas State. All right, KKHI is brought to you by Back9Development, online at backthenumeral9development.com. TJ Valkanskis is a developer and custom builder. You have a project, he gets it done. You want to build a custom-built custom, ho- custom built house? Perfect. Commercial properties? They do that too. Back9Development. Take a look at the portfolio. Online at back9development.com. Or just call TJ personally and say, I've got this idea. I've got this piece of land. What's the process? How does this work? Call TJ and walk through it. He'd love to speak with you. 785 236 0161. Back9development.com. Cross Kitchens KC is your remodeler, whether it's countertop replacements or floor refinishing. Cross Kitchens KC will work with you anywhere in the Kansas City area. Tim's a great dude. And remember, he's got just a few more days left where they're offering free countertops through the month of February. Schedule your meeting now to discuss your project with him. You don't have to do your project in February. You have to agree to a qualifying project in the month of February and meet with him. If you do that, you're going to get free countertops this year when they do the job. 816-898-7047 or online at crosskitchenskc.com. And, of course, Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Online at advantagetpc.com. The only pest control company I've ever used. 913-768-8989. Great Patriots, great people. Switch pest companies. You will not find anybody better. We've never, ever thought about using anyone else. They're so good at what they do. Advantage, termite, pest control. In fact, they're so good. We were commenting at the resort. There were no birds. There were no bugs at this resort we were at. It was amazing. There were I saw like two birds up by the lobby one time. They looked like something related to parrots. They were kind of green and flying around. We didn't see seagulls. There, this, this resort... There was no trash. There were no napkins. There were no, it was so clean. Everything that they did was so right. Uh, the only bad thing was they served you drinks in little real plastic cups, not plastic throwaway stuff. There were, because there didn't really need trash cans. There was nothing to throw away. The staff came and picked everything up that you had, but they were tiny little things. If you got a pina colada, it was really small. But because of this, there was not stuff laying around. There were no birds flying overhead. It was unbelievable. I thought I made a joke at one point. I said, well, they must use advantaged. Pest control around here—they keep the birds away. Most places you go to the beach, there's seagulls everywhere, flying around, trying to get your, you know, chicken sandwich you're eating at the beach or something. There was none of that. I don't. I honestly, God, I don't know how they do it. At one point, I thought maybe they have some kind of uh, sonar, some sort of sound machine that we can't hear that keeps them away. I don't know, but it was it was remarkable. There were no critters running around. There were no squirrels or little things trying to get to your food by the beach or the pool. It was it was remarkable. I, I told Jessica, I said, advantage. Advantage must work here. Advantage must be doing this right here at this resort. The Eric Bieniemy saga is finally over in Kansas City. This is a good thing. All right, Eric Bieniemy is not head coach material. I'll keep saying it over and over and over. I assume he got a raise. He got assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. Bieniemy now gets to prove to the NFL what everybody in the NFL already knew, and that is Biennemi is not calling the plays in Kansas City. Andy Reid calls the plays in Kansas City. We've known this all along. And Bienemi also got in a couple of little fights with Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's crying over Bienemy gone. Andy wanted him out because you can't promote him to head coach. He can't be the coach in waiting. None of this made any sense. They've been trying to get him hired as a head coach. They haven't been able to. Remember, Andy tried to get Doug Peterson hired as a head coach. He desperately wants to get his guys hired. They got Matt Nagy hired as a head coach. Didn't work out with the Bears. He's back. Bienemy's going to call the plays in Washington because Ron Rivera's the head coach. He's a defensive guy. He's like, Bienemy come in here and call the plays. Now, if he changes that offense and they get really good, and people see that, they might say, okay, bien could can be a head coach. This is called earning the position. I don't, Kevin Keatsman, you don't, John Doe, get the right to be a head coach by standing next to Andy Reid calling all these plays. That doesn't make you a head coach. Don't believe anything you read about the NFL is out to get black coaches, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any of that. It was funny, we were at Dallas going through security last night, and Tina had a Chief shirt on because she wears Chief shirts everywhere. And the lady at security goes, Oh, how about Eric Bianami? And I was kind of taken aback by it. Like, okay, we're back in America now, and football's rules, and we're in Texas. And she goes, Oh, yeah, he went to Washington, right? And she goes, Yeah, I went to college with him. I knew him in college at Colorado a little bit. We're so happy for him. There's another $2 million or something. Like there, she was really happy for him. It was also, it was a black lady. If that matters or not, I don't know. But for context of the story, that's the case. And she was so proud of him. I'm like, that's great. I didn't say a word. I just kept going through security. I'm like, it's great. He got more money. And he gets to call the plays. This is, this, is, this is That's great. Not every coach gets to become a head coach. We'll see what happens. Eric Bieniemy now has his shot. Bigger question here is what in the world are the Chiefs going to do? And everybody thinks Matt Nagy is likely to be the offensive coordinator and some sort of an unimplied head coach in waiting. Matt Nagy is a failed head coach. That scares me a little bit. I trust Andy Reid to know who would be the best, but I have been very hopeful for a long time that that's Mike Kafka. Right now, Mike Kafka is available to the Chiefs. Mike Kafka is the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. He went to Northwestern. We've talked about his resume. He was academic All-Big Ten. He coached under Pat Fitzgerald. He coached under Andy Reid and played a year or two in, in Philadelphia with Andy Reid there. Then he's coached with Andy Reid. Now he's been with Dayball, who's a tremendous coach in New York. And they had great success this year compared to what they've been. And he actually made the not-so-talented quarterback, Daniel Jones, that they have with the Giants, decent this year. Kafka's doing his thing. I, he has the resume that you look at of a young coach and go, that's the guy. His sole job, the first four years he was in Kansas City, was to live in Patrick Mahomes' back pocket. He stood in the backfield at every practice and coached Mahomes on every play about the technique of throwing, the footwork, the release point, all of those things. That's what Mike Kafka did. The only way to describe him was he was Patrick Mahomes' personal coach. And I can't imagine why he wouldn't be a great offensive coach and why he wouldn't be a great head coach. I'm hoping Andy Reid, if Andy Reid brings Mike Kafka in as assistant head coach or associate head coach and offensive coordinator over Matt Nagy, if he does that, which I don't think they're going to do, if he does that, you could not put an exclamation point any louder that this is the next guy. And that is a guy that could coach Mahomes all the way to the end. That would be exciting for me. I don't think it's going to happen. Travis Kelsey's hosting Saturday Night Live. Travis Kelsey does some douchey things this won't be one of them. This is great. You know his mom's going to be on there. This is what Travis Kelsey should be doing. That will be fun. I will watch every second of Saturday Night Live on March 4th. Can't wait for that. And a slightly underreported story, Major League Baseball owners have announced they have built something called an Economic Reform Committee. The Mets payroll went crazy this year. Steve Cohen is their owner there. He spent a billion dollars this offseason acquiring players. 14 teams, including the Royals, now are in somewhat of limbo as their broadcast partner, Bally Sports, is filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Major League Baseball Network or Major League Baseball itself is preparing to take over the broadcast. Now, that won't change. You'll still have Ryan LeFever and and Rex Hudler. They'll do the broadcast part and they'll go sell the advertising instead of Bally Sports and collect the money that way instead of a rights fee. And it has led Major League Baseball to believe this may be the wave of the future. Let's not have broadcast partners, let's do it ourselves. Let's sell all 14 of these teams bundled together and let's start to do these local games our own way, maximize all the revenue and maybe split it 30 ways. Well, lo and behold, the NFL has been doing that for 50 years. 50 years. That is a great idea. If Major League Baseball nationalized the broadcast product, the television, streaming, if they nationalize all that and split it 30 ways, they have fixed their revenue problem in baseball. They also want to talk about a salary cap in 2026 when the CBA expires. Cohen said, he's the guy spending a bunch of money. He says, I totally sympathize with the issues in baseball and we need to fix them. And he's pretty honest. He's like, unfortunately, I'm on the plus side of him right now. I can spend this money. It doesn't hurt me. But this is what the rules are today. And I'm taking advantage of it. But he has said, I'm in favor of this. Let's go put a salary cap and a salary floor in. It doesn't sound that hard. The NFL, again, has it right. The NFL reports all the revenues. They open the books to the players, and they say, we'll give you half. And that's what the salary cap is. And the more revenue there is, the more it goes up. And it was brilliant. Why? Because they added a 17th game, and that's more revenue. And the players are like, ooh, that's more for us. When they add the 18th game, which is coming, the players are going to go, ooh, that's more for us. That's the way to do it. Major League Baseball has a model right in front of them to just go do it. All they got to do is do it. You guys are awesome. Thanks for indulging me with my stories here today. I got a little long-winded, but it's great to be back. We'll be doing many more podcasts this week on a lot of important things that are going on. Looking forward to that. And I can't thank you enough for rejoining us as we're back on the daily schedule now with Kevin Keatsman has issues.